You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. finishing up and this is Sunday morning uh, we've gone kind of gone through uh, a series in our Wednesday nights but I'm going to take this final lesson and put it into our our um, message this morning uh, we will be changing uh, kind of uh, after our missions conference we'll be going into some small groups and uh, we'll be announcing those over the next week or so and so we're going to finish up on uh, you are what you eat you are what you eat and we're taking it from uh, Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, and uh, when Paul is, you know, the Ephesians 6 is kind of known for it being the chapter where it speaks about the armor of God, the armor of God. But before Paul ever speaks about the armor of God in the end of chapter 6, he actually speaks a fair amount about submission in the first part. So uh, what Paul's basically saying, if you're going to get ready for war, then we, we first all must be willing to submit. We've got to bring our uh, understanding and will under his understanding and his will, his guidelines, his, his word, his thinking. And um, uh, this morning, can I tell you, our relationship with God is the only relationship that we have with, anywhere, with anyone that he's always right. He's never wrong. Okay, you'll have a relationship, conversation, discussion with people, and there's going to be times when you're right, and there's going to be times when you're wrong. But when you're in a relationship and you're talking about uh, your relationship and walk with God, he's never wrong. He's always right, always right. And so uh, there are times, actually, when God allows us to be uh, in situations where, uh, where um, even the people we're following is not always right. And those, those times uh, uh, we, we uh, learn submission actually to the Lord, not to the people necessarily. But he's never wrong. He's always right. And now I want you to notice how he starts out this chapter. We just get done uh, dedicating a, a child to the Lord. Here's, here's how Paul starts out the chapter. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The best time to learn obedience and submission is actually at a, as a young child. Parents, don't neglect. Don't neglect to teach and respect authority to the children. There is a big problem in our world today. Teachers and authority. And listen, I know there's bad apples in every situation. But because there's one bad apple doesn't make the rest of the people in authority bad people. And children need to be able to be taught, and, and whether it's the, the teacher, the Sunday school teacher, the bus driver, uh, whether it's the, the pastor, whatever the situation is, there needs to be uh, a, a, re- a respect and authority that's taught to children that they are in submission to. God doesn't expect children to actually understand everything that you tell them, but he does expect us to teach them to obey. 
Did you ever have it said to you? I had it said to me as a child. Why do I have to do this? And it's basically because I told you so. There wasn't an understanding on my behalf of everything of why I, why, why do I have to go to bed before night? The, 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 the sun's still up. Doesn't matter. There doesn't have to be a reason. And the, the issue and the things that are happening in our world today, parents are trying to be friends with their children. You are not your child's friend. You are your child's parent. You can be friendly. Everyone should always be friendly. But I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your pastor. I think it's only proper to be friendly without question. But there are places and positions that God has put us in that there is structure and there's reasons for that. And so he says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. He compares the lives of those who have respect for authority with those who don't. And there's a big difference in the consequences and the behavioral uh, 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 things that happen in a person's life that has respect and people who don't. And Paul's using this comparison, and he says, listen, let it so that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. There's, there's uh, uh, if, if you can learn a principle on any level or at any age, then you can learn it on every level and every age. Okay. If you can teach it to a child and a child can learn to obey, that at 52 I should still be able to learn and be willing to submit. Can't teach my children to have respect for authority and I have no respect for authority. The principles go through our lives, and no matter what our age is. And he says, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God's plan is for people to be filled with checks and balances, and submission must occur in an environment of mutual submission. Listen, I understand there's, there's going to be times when then you'll step back and say, you know what? I was too quick or too harsh. Or, and the Bible gives us clear instruction. Don't provoke kids to wrath. Okay, so the balance of being a parent, not a friend, but also being wise and harmless in the guidance. See, this, these principles, are, they happen at home, but they also happen in the house of God. When it comes to new converts, people who have, are just learning the things of God and just come into a relationship with God, it's the same principles. Same principles. That's why it's so incredible how God uses the family and, and he compares it to the church and he compares it to the body. Those same principles work. Now, um, You'll notice here, he says, Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, 
Do you know, notice that the command's given to the father. Our society wants to leave all the nurturing to the mother. And I understand that there is a special bond between mother and children. But children learn the values of authority and the figurehead also from the father. Father, fathers, do not make yourself absent from the training of your children and the nurturing of your children. It's absolutely crucial this morning that we are allowing our homes to grow in, the, in what the instruction of the Word of God says. Uh, be part of it. Be part of it. Amen. Don't, don't uh, ignore the responsibility that you have as a father, as a dad. There is a, a powerful, powerful uh, blessing that God has put upon you as, as, a, as a man, as a father. Uh, an authority that he has given you through his word to, to, to fight off the things. And he's going to talk about it here in a bit. To fight off the things that challenge your family. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart and un, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Um, he basically is just kind of picking up and says, listen, our work ethic uh, in whatever we do should be uh, based upon uh, the character that God has put within our lives and and uh, we, we, should, we should act properly even when people are not looking. Why does he bring this in? Well, he's bringing it in. If we're going to nurture our children properly, then you have to also practice what you preach. Oh, I know it's Sunday morning. Everyone had no idea what you were coming to this morning. It's pointless for me to speak it and not do it. It's pointless for me to say it and not act it. It really isn't any difference in the house of God, is it? Stand behind the pulpit and want you all to pray and I don't pray? Doesn't work. Want you all to come to church and I never come to church? Doesn't work. It's, it's a practice what you preach. And Paul's saying, he's, he, he, he goes across, whether it's your secular job, whether it's at home, whether it's the training of your children. He said, don't let it be eye service. Don't let it only be when someone is looking. Let it be when people are not looking. He said, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to them, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord whether he be bond or free. See, you and I are rewarded by the Lord, not necessarily by the person uh, that we invest uh, in in his kingdom, but we do all the work for God. So every, every uh, bit of effort that you put into your children, every bit of effort that you put into inviting someone to the house of the Lord, every bit of effort that you put into teaching someone a Bible study, this is, this is not for our glory or for theirs. Uh, this is for Him to be glorified, for Him to be seen. Your children growing up in the ways of the Lord is for God to be glorified through your lives. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And He uses this Example 
uh, here he's going to lead us into. God simplified the New Testament church structure by really giving only one job description, one job opening. There's only one job opportunity in the New Testament to every member, and that was to be a slave. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. This is the creator, the master, the almighty God. Uh, Peter, Peter, uh, no God, you can't do it to me. Peter, if you don't let me do it, you got no part of me. The term means a servant so devoted that if they were offered freedom, they would refuse it because of a lifelong commitment to their master. I'm a slave to the Lord. No matter what this world offers, it does not compare. It does not even come close to my commitment and walk with God. My desire to be connected to Him. My relationship with Him is worth more than anything in this world. What's He doing? He's connecting all of this before He ever talks about the armor of God. There's no sense of putting the armor on if you're not already absolutely committed to who the armor belongs to. And he starts this process of coming through your family and doing everything possible in submitting your whole family to God. That the commitment level is that you have Jesus Christ as your master. When you call him Lord, that means there is nothing else in this world that would come between you and him. Nothing. No popularity. No school activities. No work engagements. God, I want to be fully committed to you. Say, Pastor, we have to live. Obviously, you have to live. That's the wonderful thing about God. He'll take care of you as well. Put him first in your life, in every aspect of your life, and he will make sure that everything's taken care of in your life. You cannot, you cannot outgive, outwork. <laughs> God will never be a debtor to you. I can guarantee you. You put yourself into the hands of God and say, God, I'm putting you first in my family. I'm putting you first in my children. I'm putting you first in my occupation. I'm putting you first in my life. I'm making you, Lord, the absolute master of my life. I commit myself to you as a slave this morning. We get all nervous about that term at times. Simply is I am devoted to him in such a way that if anything else was offered to me, it is no comparison to what he's already done for me. None of us has any justifiable, justifiable excuse for ever saying that what God has done in our lives is beneath us or, or we, we should have more. or, or he, he has bought, purchased, given everything for you and I this morning. Put that into your eating habits. Let that be part of your thinking. Every, the world 
the world's mentality is. You deserve more. You should have more. It should be more pleasing. It, that's the opposite of this is all about God. This is all about him. He took care of everything. Amen. He's got everything in control. He's got everything uh, on track. Uh, he's going to see it through. Uh, he's going to take you the rest of the way. Uh, you don't have to worry. He's going to get you to where he wants you to go. Uh, just eat. Uh, hallelujah. And you'll become what you eat uh, if you just allow the things of God, amen, to be the focus of what you intake. He says in verse 9, he's no respecter of persons. And ye masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that, that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there a respect of persons. God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles and of passion. When, uh, when, you, when you're in a, a position, when you and I are trying to do our best in following the Lord, listen, there's going to be There's going to be flaws. Joshua was following Moses. Moses was far from perfect. Far from perfect. But he submitted to Moses. And when Moses died, Joshua was given the, the commands to move forward. And in those commands, you see, uh, I mean, there's, you, you look at the story of Jericho. Under the guidance of Joshua. I mean, the. The, the, the rewards of what God had didn't just happen. It, 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 was, it was possible because Joshua said, I'm, I'm going to make a statement here. For me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And when he made that declaration, it didn't matter what anyone else did or said or was going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it was because of that type of mentality that Joshua became the great leader. That's why Paul spent so much time talking about submission. Because when soldiers are submitted, they will not break rank. And they will always win. There are things that God will show you and sometimes even let you taste. But then he expects you and I to fight. Fight for it. Unwilling to give up on it. Never willing to say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put up with no, 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 this is, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my home. I'm going to fight for my spirituality. I'm going to fight for what God has for me. I'm going to fight for my ministry. I'm going to fight for everything God has in store for me because I've dedicated my life to him, and I'm going to make sure, God, whatever it is that you have for my life, I pray that every person in this building this morning rises to their same challenge and say, there is nothing in this world that's going to come between me and God. I've devoted my life to him, and I'm going to fight for everything that he has for me. That's kind of like what the spies did in Jericho. They just followed the, the directions of their leader. Seemed silly at the time. We're going to walk around the city. <laughs> yeah, right. Got no weapons. You can read the story. Six days, and then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. Gave a shout, broke the pitcher. Walls came down flat. I mean, those walls were so thick, so wide. People were living in the walls. They were the, you could ride, you could, you could uh, use horses and chariots on top of the wall. And they fell down flat. The only house that did not fall was Rahab's house because of the commitment she had made 
to the Lord. And so you see in verse 10, finally, my brethren, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The strength of God is not proven by how much you and I can avoid. It is proven by how much you and I can endure and fight for what God has for your life and family. We've got too much, too much, in, in, and it's, it's even creeping sometimes into the church. Well, you know what? I'm just going to avoid that battle. I'm just going to avoid that fight. We've got parents doing that concerning their children. Well, you know what? It's just, it's just too much. I feel like we're fighting all the time. Well, you're fighting for them. You're not fighting with them. If you're fighting with them, you've missed the whole point. You're fighting for them. Your battle's never with your children or your grandkids. That's not your battle. Your battle's with the enemy who would love to destroy them. Be strong, he said. Be strong. This is not time to avoid a challenge. This is time to say, you know what? You've got no idea, enemy, what you're up against. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you've got no idea how much I'm going to fight for my family and fight for my kids and fight for my grandkids and, and fight for my marriage and, and fight for my parents and fight for my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Something rises in your spirit. Hallelujah. It's not you alone. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that has been put in you as an individual that says, I'm devoted and committed to God. I'm not going to avoid it. I'm not telling you to go looking for a battle. But when one shows up, I'm not telling you to run either. Christians in North America have never really had to suffer anything in comparison to other parts of the world. I think a testimony in service in heaven would be quite embarrassing for America, North American people in comparison to what other people have had to go through at times. And Paul said, finally, my brother, be strong. Okay, let's end the chapter here. Put on the whole armor of God, he said, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means put on the armor of God. Put off your own ideas and own strategies and your own mentality and your own motives. Put that off and put on the armor of God. That'll help you take care of the trickery or what it says is the wiles of the devil. And then he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Can I tell you this morning, don't respond in the flesh because you're being attacked in the spirit. You're not fighting people. Don't let the problem back you off from the promise of what God has for you. You're wrestling against not flesh and blood, but powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a spiritual warfare that you and I are in. We're not in this against each other. We're in this against a common enemy who can't stand you, doesn't want you to succeed, doesn't want you to overcome, doesn't want your family to be a success. You're wrestling against the enemy. And uh, verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Remember one thing here. It's his armor, but it's your stand. You're putting on his armor, but you've got to put it on. 
You've got to make up the decision. I'm not giving in. I'm not backing up. I'm not quitting. I'm not going to take a break. I'm not going to step back. Oh, no, no. This is the opposite. I'm coming forward with God's armor on. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not wrestling people here. I've, I've, got, I've got something deep inside that says I've got God's armor on. <laughs> I'm moving forward in the power of the Holy Ghost <laughs> on behalf of my family, <laughs> on behalf of my life, <laughs> on behalf of my ministry, what God has called me to do. It won't be without a struggle. But your promise is always locked up behind your problem. That's what happened in Jericho. Their promise was always, I mean, the promise was behind the walls. But when the walls came down flat, absolutely nothing could stop them from what God had promised them. See, we live simultaneously in two, two spheres of, uh, of existence. There's a spiritual realm and there's a natural realm. And the spiritual realm is the parent that's the, that's the parent realm from which everything natural uh, is given birth. The natural realm is simply just the outworking of our daily lives. You've got, this is a spiritual thing that you're, you're involved in. And our natural lives, are, uh, they need to, it needs to be subject to what God's doing through my life. Sometimes we get that backwards. You cannot defeat the enemy in the natural realm. You must defeat him in the spiritual realm. It's the power of God's word. It's the authority of his name. It's the covering of his presence and his precious blood. It's the infilling of his spirit. Those are, those are spiritual. Those are spiritual things, not natural. People have never been your enemy. The devil has always been the enemy. Music come. Verse 14 to verse 17 tells us the pieces of the armor. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That loins girt about with truth is you base your entire life on pure motives. God, I want what you want for my life. I want what you want for my life, God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness where you guard your heart with the holiness of God. The Lord's word says, be holy as I am holy. Simply stated, God, I just want to be like you. I just want to be like you, Jesus. I just want to be like you. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A lack of peace in your life actually is an indication of a lack of balance. If your life is balanced, you'll have peace. He says, let your feet be shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. Not enough peace in your life. Let there be more of a balance of God in your life. Something's off kilter. God's not in the center. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Soak your shield in the word of God. Let it be covered with prayer. Let it be covered with crying out to the Lord on a regular basis. Take that shield of faith. Let your faith be strong in the word of God. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's why you soak it in the presence of God. The enemy sends something your way. It means nothing when your shield of faith is 
soaked in his presence. And you take the helmet of salvation. That's keeping your mind focused on on salvation and God's grace and the power of his mercy and his love in your life and what he has done for you. Let that be your thinking. There's enough bad things in this world to think about. Think about what God's done. Think about what he's, where he's brought you from. Think about where he's taken you. Think about what he's done for you. And the last one is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Wield that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Know it inside out. Learn it the most uh, that you can. Memorize it, study it, read it. Uh, hallelujah. Let your mind meditate upon it. The Word of God is powerful. Praying always, he said, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. This generation has, has done quite well with praise. But what about prayer? What about prayer? Let us not get so caught up in praise that we forget to pray because there has to be a balance he says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit when the church doesn't pray then it's dangerous to be on the battleground it's dangerous to be on the field but when the church is covered in prayer and when your life is covered in prayer you go out with confidence because you've just been talking to the master, the leader, the one who's guiding and directing your life. You've been eating the right things. And you become what you eat. For which I am an ambassador, he said, in bonds. And therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. That, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things. Whom I have sent unto you from the same purpose that you might know the, our affairs and that you might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Those that carry this armor of God after being fully submitted to Him your whole life, your home, your children. Nothing, nothing can stop you. He, he calls you an ambassador. You're an ambassador. No, mat, no matter what this world tries to call you, say about you, you, Paul says you're an ambassador for Christ. And you allow yourself to be covered with that incredible armor of God. Can I tell you this morning, it's absolutely important to have the armor on. But it's absolutely crucial that the armor is on a yielded life. Uh, an unyielded life. The helmet of salvation and feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace and loins of truth. It doesn't have the same effect. But when your life is yielded to God, when you're consecrated to Him, say nothing in this world could ever come between me and Him, and I won't allow it. And if that's happened in your life, today's the day to get it right. 
to God, I'm going to get myself back on track. I'm going to yield myself to you because I want my life protected. I want my family protected. I want my kids protected. I want my ministry protected. I want my future protected. God, I want everything that you have in store for me to be realized and to come to fruition. I want to become what I'm eating, God. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.